This is an RNZ podcast. It's a big aloha from Hawaii. Very nice. From Dubai, Vince takes in the sights and sounds of this desert oasis. Is Dubai family friendly? My kids would be so jealous right now. That's the Hello World Travel Show, which screens at 5.30 on Saturday each weekend on 3. And as you could tell from the accents, this is a thoroughly Australian show with distinctly Aussie hosts who are pretty enthusiastic about everything they see. This place has got everything. Alexander McQueen, Carolina Herrera, Burberry, Prada, Gucci, Jimmy Choo. Note to self, do not bring life here. The Hello World Show is a partnership between the travel agency Hello World Travel Limited and the TV broadcaster The Seven Network in Australia, so it's pretty much one big brochure. Viewers are urged to check out special deals to the featured destinations following each segment, and they're on offer from the New Zealand outlets of the company. Now, At the moment, this is the only show on our main TV channels dedicated to tourism and travel. There are plenty more on pay TV and minor channels, but it's not big business on free-to-air TV anymore. But in our newspapers... Travel is a very big deal, and so is travel advertising. Now, this is an era in which we're constantly told newspaper adverts are drifting online, with the likes of Google and Facebook getting the vast bulk of the digital ad revenue. And we hear more about a new effort to fight back against that later in the programme. But travel seems to be bucking the trend in a big way. All our metropolitan daily papers these days have a weekend travel supplement, and so do the Sunday papers. And in some papers, the big display ads for airlines, package holidays, agencies and cruise ship companies easily make up the majority of the ad space on any given day. On Tuesday the 1st of October, for instance, the Herald was boasting of a record-breaking two travel magazines. In addition to a bumper 48-page edition of its regular weekly one, it also published a 56-page special on cruises, packed with stories and lucrative ads. And in these multimedia times, it's not just about what's in the paper. Earlier this year, the Herald's publisher NZME launched a supporting podcast called Trip Notes, hosted by Tim Roxburgh from the Herald's sister station News Talk ZB, alongside NZME's travel editor Stephanie Holmes. We're doing a special episode just about cruising, talking to Judith about her travels by ship. Yeah, yeah, and and the whole thing is because you've got the travel mag, which is every Tuesday, also every Sunday in the Herald, but as you say, an extra cruise special glossy magazine and it's yeah. the first ever glossy is that's that right? right that's first right first ever so glossy for the herald if you're listening in new zealand go out and get a copy today yeah, yeah. <laughs> so whether you've done eight cruises or whether you've never done one before yeah uh, oh no i always read the travel um section that's don't right you worry. Yes, always. <laughs> and these days they don't often miss a chance to extract some extra content from any travel related talking point For example, back in July, New Zealand Herald columnist Jared Gilbert wrote a cranky column about people reclining their seats on a plane flight, which sparked a fair few comments below the line. And never one to spurn an engagement opportunity, ZB host Heather Duplessy-Allen hit back at him and her column for the Herald on Sunday. Use it or lose it, because before you know, they'll be cutting back on that like they cut back on Koru Club newspapers, and we'll all be sitting bolt upright for the entire flight. Do you want that? The reclining airline seat is, of course, not under threat, but it provided a handy talking point for the Trip Notes podcast that week. What about reclining? Where do we sit on the recline or not recline issue? Never recline. Never? Never. No, I think if it's long haul. I think if it's long haul and the lights go out. 
All bets are off. No, I, I have a reason. It's not just being a, a good guy. Um, it's a that, stupid guy. <laughs> 17 hours. You're not going to recline your seat. Come on. You're always up in the business no. class, Timmy. But while that's essentially travel trivia, there are important issues that the travel industry is also facing and which travel journalism should also be confronting. In mid-October, one edition of the Sunday Star Times travel supplement called Escape was dedicated to sustainable tourism. And under the bold heading, Should We Still Travel the World When We're Ruining It?, Stuff's travel editor, Trupti Birada, wrote this. By the end of 2019, I'll have taken three long-haul flights to the USA, Europe and India. I will have flown more than 83,000 kilometres and generated more than 6,000 kilograms of CO2 emissions. To put that in perspective, I will have been responsible for melting more than 59 square metres of Arctic sea ice. Imagine an area like a queen-size bed... Now multiply that by 20. Tripti Biradar went on to announce that Stuff had hooked up with Air New Zealand's carbon offsetting scheme Fly Neutral, an all-stuff travel story, she said, will now include the carbon emissions of the trip and a link to purchase carbon credits online. And she also said Stuff currently purchases carbon offsets for all its travelling reporters. But Tripti Biradar also said promotion of travel is still important. There's a real danger of becoming insular without those experiences. There's also a necessity to report firsthand from countries heaving under the pressure of over-tourism and a necessity to inspire our readers to visit destinations that support local businesses and need your tourist dollar. So does that mean that really the sustainability of newspapers trumps that of the environment for media companies that can ill afford not to exploit a rare area of reliable income? And how have the papers held on to the travel advertising anyway when online operators have cornered so much of the ad market for other stuff? Those are questions I put to Stuff's general manager of newspapers, Ben Rose, and the travel editor at Stuff, Trupti Birada. Travel is a lot more affordable and a lot more accessible than it ever used to be. There are so many more options out there. And I think with that will obviously come increased advertising. And that allows us to have more editorial space to tell great stories. Well, I think the reason there are so many travel ads in newspapers is because lots of people read newspapers. Um, so so two, two-thirds of New Zealanders read a newspaper every single week. Importantly for travel, the sort of person who tends to read a newspaper um, is likelier to be a baby boomer, they're likelier to have disposable income and be the sort of person who has the discretionary income to go on a cruise and go on a holiday. You know, digital is very strong at frequency and at, um, you know, being, being super targeted. If you want to talk to somebody um, about passing with quite a large amount of cash for something, then, you know, newspapers are a good place to do it because they, you can go into depth about what they get for their money. And it also it's an environment that they, they've grown up knowing and trusting. And so it just, just carries a little bit more credibility than perhaps if they saw a, you know, a banner whiz by on social media. Is the income from travel then becoming absolutely critical to, you know, the continued survival and existence of of your papers in New Zealand? Important, absolutely becoming increasingly important to us. I wouldn't say it's becoming important to the survival of newspapers because what, as long you know, as long as people choose to consume this medium and pay for it, it'll it'll be there. So we you know we we don't really think in terms of um, the the death of print or the survival of print, but absolutely travel is really important to us as a category. And I don't expect you to give away your commercial secrets, but um, with the volume of the ads and, and the, the number of companies uh, advertising you know, day after day, week after week, are there like deals in place that extend 
for months and even maybe even years? Are, are they that bolted in that um, that part of the furniture of producing a, a, a newspaper these days? Yes, there are. Yeah, there are. So the companies who really see the value in, in print will commit to longer-term spends, and in return for that, they'll get more value than if someone just turned up and bought, bought an ad ad hoc. Well, Tripti, earlier we talked about the audience expectation. Uh, they, they're expecting things other than just an article and a few photos. You've just returned from taking some stuff readers to <laughs> India. Uh, and I know that uh, earlier this year, I think there was a trip to China. The editor of Stuff, uh, Patrick Crudson, was uh, part of the team guiding the, uh, the, the readers who went on, on the trip. Is this becoming a, a regular thing and perhaps an important part of travel journalism now, giving the readers actually the opportunity to, to tag along? The Telegraph and the Sydney Morning Herald do this on quite a large scale. Historically, we've always done reader tours, so it's not um, extremely new. The Press, the Dominion Post and the Sunday Star Times, we do reader, uh, reader tours where we invite our readers to take a train journey either through the North or the South Island with the editors of those papers. And I think... I think readers really value spending time with the editors of the papers they're loyal to. And I think it's also a really great way for us to connect with our readers, spend time with them and, you know, learn new ways that we can serve them better. Uh, with the India trip, um, the idea there was that we would try to take our readers to a country that maybe they found a little intimidating to go to on their own. And so they could see a country with Kiwis who had a special connection to that country. So we travelled with um, Graham Waters, who's a former diplomat. He served in India twice, once as the Deputy High Commissioner to Sir Edmund Hillary, and then he was High Commissioner himself. Um, we also travelled with um, Jacob Rajan, who's an actor and playwright. You may know his name from Krishnan's Dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the son of immigrant parents from India. And so while he was born and raised in New Zealand, he has quite a strong connection to India. And, you know, he gave us a, a little bit of an exclusive performance of a few scenes from Krishnan's Dairy. And it was just a special thing that we could offer our readers. Stuff now does a lot of things beyond just publishing papers. It's involved in other businesses and video on demand and even energy and so on. Uh, could we one day see Stuff Tours, the travel agency? Possibly. I wouldn't say no, but uh, you never know. <laughs> I, think, I think one of the things about, about our business is, um, you know, like, like media companies all around the world, we've got to try new things, and we certainly do. And that's our, our, our strategy um, to date has, has been that, so I think we would never say no to an opportunity. Uh, recently, uh, you had a special edition in the Sunday Star Times which focused on the issue of sustainability. Is it now an important part of travel journalism to focus on big industry issues like that and not just the kind of you know, consumer aspect of the destinations, the trips and the the choices? Definitely. And I think it's something that we've always done. We're of the view that if we promote destinations and celebrate all the positive, positive aspects that travel offers, then we need to be quite upfront about the implications of that as well. Um, at Stuff, and my personal view as well, is that climate change is real and it is caused by human activity. And in the past, we hadn't really addressed this view in our travel coverage, so we basically decided that we do need to be quite upfront about, uh, you know, the implications if you were to take the trips that we promote. So we started including um, carbon emission information in all our features just to give New Zealanders more information and an easy way to offset their emissions if they choose to do so. But on the whole, our strategy is always evolving. And, you know, we've um, decided that we're going to report more 
on overcrowded spots around the world and, you know, how countries are heaving under the pressure of over-tourism. We're going to tell our readers um, how to be more responsible, how to holiday at home instead of going overseas or how to consider taking the train instead of a flight or, you know, little things like cutting out single-use plastic or carrying your own water bottle or companies and airlines, um, their green initiatives. I think it's just a really important conversation that we need to keep having. Ben, isn't this a bit of a worry for you if you're worried about the bottom line and the volume of advertising? If this is a big growth area, you don't want to go cutting it back by telling readers that, you know, travelling less on long haul things would be better for the environment. You know, it's kind of a contradiction for you, isn't it? Well, I mean, the travel industry is growing, but it's changing. So our job is to stay relevant and make sure that, you know, we're changing with it. Readers have have told us that how important sustainability is to us. And, you know, we we recently um, started talking under the um, Quick Save the Planet banner. Advertisers have said the same thing. It's important to them as well. And and advertisers are are grappling with how do do they um, tell their stories? How do they play a role in it? So... Um, commercially, no, we're, we're not concerned, but absolutely it's a transformation we're all going through. Indeed, and, and Tripti, I saw in your um, sustainability supplement recently an organisation called Treadright, uh, a kind of not-for-profit a joint initiative between a, a bunch of travel brands, um, and they're saying they want their customers to think about it. Definitely. I think more and more we're seeing companies that have you know goals of becoming carbon neutral, goals of... Um, um, evolving their technology so uh, they they aren't polluting the planet as much as they are. And every company that we work with is talking to us about how they're evolving and they're changing. And I think, as Ben said, travel is growing, but it is changing, and we need to find ways to stay relevant, I think. Yeah, that Treadride organization urges people to sign up to its pledge to make my travel matter, you know, for our planet, our people, our wildlife. But it's kind of vague. It says, I will do my best to tread right. I'll do single-use plastics recycle when I can. I won't uh, support any, any animal cruelty. And, I mean, these are nice things, but I guess if you're taking a cruise ship a long distance or a long-haul flight from New Zealand to the other side of the world, I mean, as you pointed out in your piece where you calculated the actual you know, Arctic sea ice you might have burned up on your own long-haul travel, I mean, that's really where the environmental uh, impact comes. Um, It is a tricky line to walk, but I think we're quite clear on what is causing these things and what what the steps are that we can take to be more responsible about it. Colin, I'd I'd also say, as as a business, um, while we know this is important to us, we haven't cracked exactly how we're going to approach it through every different part of our organisation. So, so it's something that we're working through at the moment, and I think um, you know you, you'll see developments coming out over over the future. But while it's simple for us to um, you know take a, take an editorial position uh, as a as a as a big business, it's more complex for us to work out exactly what that means to us. But we absolutely are taking it very seriously and doing that actively. We purchase carbon offsets for any of our reporters who travel, and we're also hoping that we can encourage any of our readers who travel to consider doing the same. So we um, have taken the stance of directing our readers to Air New Zealand's um, Fly Neutral program because, um, as I understand it, less than 5% of Kiwis actually offset their carbon emissions. Um, and Air New Zealand's program just makes it quite easy to do that. And uh, if you offset your carbon um, emissions through their program, it helps fund emission reduction projects within New Zealand and in the countries in the airlines network. So it makes it quite relevant for us. But travel journalism, I guess, is now kind of uh, arranged between 
the providers of the of the attractions, the publishers, and you know the, the journalists that that write it as a career. Um, yes. So. In order for travel journalists to be able to get out there and actually experience things and report firsthand, we need to be able to um, accept support from a lot of these companies. Like we, as a newsroom, are not financially able to do that without support. But what we do do is we disclose on all our content if um, if a company has supported our travel and we approach our content completely editorially. So. Um, it wouldn't be swayed by someone who supported our trip, for instance. But often they'll say, look, you know, we can support your travel. The angle and the story that you write and what you do with it is completely up to you. Um, we would just like you to come experience what we have to offer. And the reality of the situation is if something went wrong, we would give them the right of reply, of course, like, you know, that's standard practice in journalism. But more often than not, nothing goes wrong. And, you know, we're able to write a story that inspires our readers to try something that might not have been on their radar before. But, but so, if, if a company has provided the, uh, the facilitated the event, um, mm-hmm. are you likely to publish a story or is the journalist likely to write one that includes the negative stuff in it or the drawbacks of the trip? Yes. So if there are drawbacks, if there are negatives, um, and if those are pertinent to the reader, then our stance is always that, yes, our loyalty is to the reader not to the uh, company that has supported our travel. And it has happened in the past that, you know, we've accepted a trip, something has not gone to plan, we've published a story, and that company has come back to us and asked us to edit the edit the story and take the bits that they were unhappy about out. And editorially, we sat, uh, sat them down and said, look, unless it is factually incorrect, we're not changing anything. And in the end, they were happy and they understood the difference between sponsored content and editorial content. We said to them, if you want to control your messaging, you need to be buying an ad, you need to be buying sponsored content. When you send a journalist on a trip, you're accepting that they are going to say what they are going to say and you have no control over that. And that's why editorial content has that credibility and we're never going to undermine that. That was Tripti Buradar, the travel editor for Stuff, and earlier we heard from the general manager of newspapers at the company, Ben Rose. More from him in a minute.